You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. 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 The Auburn Arena time is 8.55 p.m. Central Standard Time. Your digital audio device is tuned to the Orange and True podcast, brought to you by the friendly folks at collegeofmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. It is I, Santa Crow 2 on Twitter. You can find me at Santa Crow on Venmo. Joining me, via the magic of the internet, the rumor monger himself, Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for slick back here. I like your slick back here, Ryan. Okay. You should do that more often. I'm working on it. You're growing the hair out and kind of pull it back. Yeah. I was going to say the S stands for Southern, as in Texas Southern. The 0 and 7 team who just beat the Florida Gators in well, sport of basketball. Tonight. I think it's an o, I, not a good look. I am good. I'm happy about that. It's probably the epitome of brutality. But I will say Texas Southern's like a annual tournament team. Like why were they 0 and 7? They were they were 240 in Ken. Yeah, Pong. because they had a rough start to the year. They I think they played all seven of their games on the road against bigger because they they play in the SWAC. So similar to Gonzaga, yeah. they've got to get all their good. RPI games early in the year. I don't know. They lost by 15 at home to uh, Texas Southern. It's unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, not not great. They've got another game. This is weird. They Florida plays again Wednesday. We'll introduce you in a second. Chief. I don't know why they would, I don't know why they would schedule another game like that. But they play North Florida. Um, and they're 280th in Ken Palm, so they should get back on track, but, you know, they might not. To the other side of me, bringing you the full Fort Payne ASMR that you come here for. A man of taste and leisure. A man who knows what protocol droids are good for. It's the AU chief. I, you know what? I was hoping you did this today. I almost sent a text to you the second I saw that... that Golazo come across my oh, timeline. It was amazing. Right. Mark Gray, the best player in the world. So, right. so football season's over, and we already we got to do this already. Everton Football Club is dangerously close to the relegation zone at this point <laughs> in the year. For this point of the year, for them today, not only got a W, but got a big boy win yeah. over the hated Arsenal Gunners. And may have had the goal of the year <laughs> in the Premier yeah, League. It was it was crazy. Well, uh, I'll just uh, to put it in perspective, Ryan. At this point in the season last year, Everton were in second place. Yeah. Today they entered today in sixteenth place. Seventeenth, uh, eight. Uh, well, is just above. No, seventeenth, eighteenth. No, eighteenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth. Relegated. So just it so was they have a, a rough November maybe blow some leads that, uh, uh, that they did that they did Ryan they blew yeah. Uh, yeah. several leads uh, along the way uh, they just got blown flat blown out a few times their best player uh, got suspended they had some injuries well there's a ton of injuries um, I at the beginning of November I did not expect another win until at least January when Dominic Calvert Lewin should hopefully be back but got one today. Uh, it soothed the soul. Uh, there's still a lot wrong at Everton Football Club right now, but hey, um, like the manager I'm, is wrong. He's just probably, a bad fit. I I actually think he is. Yeah, sound like me? No, the, dude. The guy that they, they play the they most fired. lifeless, most lifeless, uninspiring brand of soccer right now. They fired uh, the guy that was the least of the problems right. uh, yesterday. Uh, the director of football. I think Rafa Benitez is only the second. Uh, he, he's now the least of their problems. The, their problems go far beyond uh, Rafa Benitez, and uh, it's uh, it's not great. Uh, it's 
just they another spend, way. Maybe they're like uh, Auburn. Well, I would say this. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day because I was thinking about baseball. Is there really mm-hmm. the closest comp because there's no salary cap? Sure. If the, the Everton spins like a top 10 club, they spend money in, in transfer portal. They have well, expensive players. They go yeah. out and get te- get talent. They don't spend like a top three club, but they spend no. like a top 10 club. They just don't so play the like Phillies. one. Yeah, like the payroll is not the issue. It didn't like they, they got to go out and spend it, some more money was, around uh, here. They're, they've done the opposite of Moneyball. Right. That's so the, the issue. Yeah. But, well, uh, okay, they bought the Rangers. They were one. They have way less money than one of the top five clubs, but they've made purchasing decisions just like those clubs who can afford to just buy right. four number tens and just see who works. And then, mm-hmm. oh, well, if it doesn't work out, Everton can't. Uh, now they found themselves in a mess where they're like one deep, if that, at every position, and that's it. And, um, Speaking of baseball, guys, my, my Texas Rangers, we didn't talk about the fact they spent over a half a billion dollars on baseball players last uh, week. They're not, they're not spending any money right now. <laughs> not this yeah, week. Yeah, nobody's. As of this week, none of it matters. Last week, they spent half a, half a billion dollars on baseball players <laughs> on like three guys. And I didn't know any of them because I don't follow baseball that closely. But I've been told by people who do that the Rangers got good players, which is... Nice to hear. If there is a baseball season we, next year. Should we make a trip to uh, Arlington next summer, Chief? The Braves play at, at the Rangers. Hey, That'd more importantly, the, your Auburn Tigers play at the Rangers Stadium in February. That's right. You gotta Are get they going to fix that. any of the sound issues by then? What sound issues? Hey, sorry, what What did you say there? The, <laughs> the, the Auburn Tigers are coming to play at the yeah. Rangers' new – the GILF – Globe Life Field. Yeah. They're going to play there. Yeah, when they had a football game there, didn't they have, like, all kinds of confusion because the echoes were weird? Well, I don't know. I don't remember them ever playing yeah, a football game no, there. At the, new jo- at the new joint? At the Rangers Stadium, yeah. Yeah. They actually huh. have already re- renamed the stadium. It was Globe Life Field, I gotta- affectionately called the GILF by people here, and then they're going to rename it next year Choctaw Stadium. Oh. After Choctaw World Casino up in Durant, Oklahoma. Yeah, Choctaw so, Nation, baby. Yeah, I don't know. So the Indians changed their name. <laughs> and the Rangers named their stadium after an Indian casino. So it's so all, the Indians, everything's going The great. Indians should have, like, just, just... That's what they should have done. Just had an Indian casino. Part, yeah. Just become the Choctaws. Like, yeah. go for a tribe. Or, or the tribe. Or, or let the, Why don't you just call yourself the tribe? Or let the tribe sponsor your name with their yeah. casino money, like yeah. the Rangers just did. Come on. Yeah, Smart so they heads. had the uh, the Army Air Force games at the Rangers Stadium a couple weeks ago. Oh. And apparently there was a whole lot of issues with <laughs> not being able to get play calls in and uh, all kinds of stuff because the way the echoes there, players couldn't tell where the sounds were coming from. Oh, wild. Well, the national pastime shouldn't have any of those problems there this uh, this nice coming spring. Atfielders just you standing around. Are you going to take the fam, Crow? I might. I just might. As long as the whole world hasn't melted yeah. by then. Uh, let's talk about something happy, and that is Auburn basketball. The happiest sport on earth. The happiest man on earth. Bruce Pearl. The human uh, bang energy drink can and Katie Johnson had an unbelievable... An unbelievable week. Um, well, Jeremy Henderson called him a titanium ref- uh, mini fridge full of <laughs> liquid energy or something like that. Um, it's pretty good. He he plays like the safe being drugged behind the two Dodge Chargers in Fast and the Furious 5. <laughs> so if you that is how Katie Johnson plays Bruce, the game of basketball. I, I don't know if you caught the... Uh the video of Bruce before the game, but when he was handing out donut students in line, he, uh, he referred to Katie Johnson as batshit crazy. So. Yeah, okay. So we need a... Love Bruce. My nickname for Katie Johnson was Jaws based on the fact that he, he is like... A, Bruce said he had blood in the water. He could smell blood in the water. He's Bruce one of these guys that do everything. He's like Animal from the Muppets playing basketball. Killer disposition. Killer disposition, Johnson. 
I like that. King Dude. King Dude. That was one of the King ones Dude Johnson. That. He had 19 points versus Yale. But I want to talk first and foremost about the game against UCF because it was first and foremost, the first and foremost mm-hmm. game we played this last I, week. Team that beat us by double digits last year. They beat us last year. And that was a no Sharif Cooper version of the team, but they did beat us last year. It was a tight game going into half, only a three-score game. Uh, And then all of a sudden it wasn't. Auburn (laughs) by 17. Uh, This was – I mean, we can go to the four factors, but really Auburn won this game just by smothering UCF trying to shoot the ball. Yeah. Uh, UCF's effective field goal percentage only 39%. It's pretty much impossible to win with that. And then the turnover rate was twenty three percent. That's horrible. Yeah, the the this defense is just so crazy. Okay, I'm glad you said that, Chief, because it, it's we thought that the Okoro year with Okoro right. and Javon and Samir and 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 Flan was going to be the best defense we've had. I think this team is hands down better on defense I than mean, that team. It is crazy, um, and, and, you know. It, you know, some some guys lose their man from time to time. We will leave guy open at the three every now and then to shoot one. But just just we've got so many good on ball defenders on this team, which are, is crazy. Like I, I, I've never seen that. And then we have, you know, three, maybe four dudes inside that can can protect the rim, and. Um, I mean, I don't know what you do against this team, really. Uh, I'm sure somebody will figure it out at some point. Uh, you know, UConn kind of kind of gave it to us, but they had a really good day shooting the, the three. You'd have to uh, have – the way to beat this team is to have a guard that is supremely confident to try to right. beat when Auburn's wings gamble. Well, and then it, have somebody it, who can make high post shots, and that's really. If you had like a Sharif, yeah. or Sharif Cooper, yeah, offensive rebounds kind of guy could, could could hurt this team. Um, a guy that could just get to the rim and, and yeah. force you to foul him, or but I don't know if he can get to the rim. Right, well, draw, a defender to leave some other guy open. You know, you know. I mean, yeah. that's sure. if, if we could have made a shot last year, we, we would have won a lot more games. UConn so, got really hot from three, which is yeah. also that's that is the I mean, great that, equalizer. That's, that's Thirty points in a big man too. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's true. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> like I'm I, I worried think... about teams like Kentucky and Alabama, only because Kentucky has a big man that can score and rebound and get tons of offensive rebounds, and then Alabama has the best point guard prospect playing college basketball. Even at the same time, we forced UConn to two overtimes with their big man scoring thirty points. So, um, yep. and having a good day from three, right? Uh, so it, I, I mean that may be what it is. You have to have a big man, and you have to have a good day from from three, right? Uh, to to beat us. Um, just the intensity of our defense too is is another thing. I, I don't think. I mean, I, I think we're seeing what Bruce Pearl was always want, always wanted to do with this team. Um, is just just turn up the intensity, and and this team is running doing that to. I'll say perfection. I'm sure Bruce doesn't think it's to perfection, but that's because Bruce is Bruce. Um, UConn, by the way, uh, Auburn shot 40% from three in that game. UConn shot 58% from yeah, three. Yeah, that's unbelievable. That's And, and we still went to double overtime. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, and that's a good team. Um, a really good team. really good team. So, um, I, I mean, I, I'm feeling good about this, this, this team just because of how great they are on defense, that they can – they can make up for struggling on offense, really. Um, and, and we saw that in the tournament. Um, that second game of the tournament, we, we didn't have a great offensive game, right? We all, uh, what, what was the final score of that one? Uh, that was 62-53. Yeah, so, and, and we still and the, you know, won by nine points. Games, these last three games, I mean, Auburn's played really five in a row against possible tournament teams, mm-hmm. uh, going back to the UConn game. But in the last three Syracuse, UCF, and Yale. Uh, it's been 89-68, Yeah, that's Auburn dictating what game they want to play and, and doing yep. it well. I think an interesting thing about the last few games too is that besides Devin Cambridge, who has been just 
transcendent on defense. Like he he is his offense is going to get there, or maybe it won't. Like, but his defense is good enough that he has to be on the floor. He is his defense plus like box plus minus is incredibly good. He's a plus player when he's on the floor in terms of just plus minus. Mm-hmm. He is so good. And like even the intangible he's stuff. He's leading the team in both plus minus and plus minus per minute. Yeah. And, and he said, and defensive box plus minus and pretty much any defensive metric, uh, which are notoriously hard to keep up with basketball. Um, but Cambridge is, is leading the team in most ways. Long story so short. The, Auburn he, is playing his best. Yeah. When he's on the floor, it's good stuff. Auburn's got I mean, good stuff going. That's prototypical glue guy stuff right there. Yeah. Uh, and then he can get hot and hit shots, and not to yeah. not to call another Bammer onto the podcast, but very Robert Ory esque mm. game going on. Mm. You don't. You well, Ryan doesn't remember who that is. So you Robert Ory. To, you could have just been pulled that name out of a hat. You wouldn't know. I, I know the name. Oh, okay. Big Shot Bob. Big yeah. Shot Bob played a million years in the NBA. Never scored their, more than like ten points a game. But one of their two famous uh, NBA players. The other being Latrell Sprewell. Yep. The other one being Sprewell, who's what? Yeah, Pacer. Uh, Robert Ory. Yeah. No. 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 Play for the Spurs. Uh, Play for the Lakers. Rockets. No. Sprewell was a Warrior. He played for the Pacers. Nope. Sprewell was a Warrior, then a Timberwolf, and then a Nick. Yeah. There we go. Famously choked um, his head coach when he was at Warrior. PJ Carlissimo, one of the greatest greatest coach names ever. Yeah. Ryan, Robert Ory is the quintessential guy you need on the floor because he does not want the ball. doesn't want it. He would rather you take a shot. But when you give him the ball, he's going to try his best to make it. He'll make an open three if it's open. He's there. He's a threat. He's not afraid. He's trailing to the back of the rim on almost every transition. Yeah, and he's not afraid to take an open shot or to make it, even a big shot. That's why they called him Big Shot Bob. And also was a lockdown defender. Really good defender, so you needed him on the court. Um, not a Steve Kerr type. Steve Kerr was an okay defender, but he was there to shoot threes. Robert Ory was a great defender who could also knock down threes. Yep. And just destroy teams in the playoffs. Like, teams in the playoffs would have the, have the Lakers or the Spurs beat dead to rights. And all of a sudden, kick out to Robert Ory, game over. Yeah, it's not. He wasn't like a volume shooter either. It was just you know he just hit clutch threes. And I think yeah. Devin Cambridge has an opportunity to be a, the guy kind of guy if he continues to elevate. It's like what we saw from Devin up until this point was he did nothing to an elite level. He did a lot of things to a really good level and even a really good college level. He's now playing defense at. A, an elite level. So, like Justin Ferguson said, his numbers are comparable to Okoro's numbers when he was at Auburn currently. That's crazy. So, so he, Devin Cambridge is playing NBA level, first round pick level defense right now. Now, he's older, so he's not obviously going to be a first round pick. But you start doing that kind of stuff and you find your way. This is the kind of guy who finds his way into a summer league invite, finds his way into a G League, and the teams are like, I don't have an excuse. To not have him on the court. Like right. There's not yeah, he's, an he's, excuse he's to not play him. Tall, long, he can rebound, he can play defense. Like, why wouldn't you have him on the court? You know? Right. He's just a, 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 like coming, a guy like that coming off the bench where you're just not going to have a drop-off is, like, invaluable uh, to any team. So, um, I, Which we may end up seeing that situation when Alan yeah. Flanagan comes back. We'll, we'll get to that for sure. Because this is probably going to be a basketball-only podcast, if I had to guess. I haven't looked at the entire show notes, but... What else we'll is there talking about? We'll get off at the coordinators at the end. Okay, cool. Can't wait. You guys, it's a good tease. Um, played Yale. I wanted to mention this. Against this whole week, all the best players on this team have been guys who uh, weren't here last year, besides Devin Cambridge. Um, and one of those being Walker Kessler, who just... Yeah. We'll make sure we get his game in against UCF. Destroyed UCF. With a 17-14 game, six blocks and two steals. Just, they had nothing for him for 40 minutes. Yeah, we talked about before this game that they did not have the size down low to keep up with him, uh, and it, it showed. Um, he's 
really coming on strong. That we we hard we're kind of hard on him at the beginning of the season uh, about just not being able to finish at the rim, not you know not being the strongest guy for his size. Yeah, I, I still don't, you know I still don't think he's you know physicality is not his sure. Uh, there's strong. There's suit, still but... room to still room to grow, but he's showing he can be effective. Uh, and it doesn't just right. have to be him trying to put up three or four threes a game. I mean, I really, I really like his like the, he has the softest touch around the rim. I, I really like. Yeah, he's really like, good around the rim. Um, his hands are the opposite of what we said about Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he whatever the opposite of uh, cinder blocks are. Uh, <laughs> Wiley was more of a Lukaku first touch. Yeah. <laughs> Kessler has more of a name on first baby touch. elephant, I believe, is how that <laughs> They can get it done, but not the first yeah. touch you want. Um, we we didn't we don't really talk enough about Kessler because he's kind of like a good running game, too. <laughs> and that there there are there's going to be games where he, that it's just not going to work. He's not going to have 17, yeah. 16, and five blocks, six blocks. Like, but there are going to be some matchups we have this season where it's like. Well, this team's really good, but they're not very big. And all of a sudden, Walker Kessler is just this nightmare for them and gets them out of their game because they cannot defend yeah. a seven-foot guy who scores like him and who rebounds like him and who blocks like him. Like, it's just not every team can do it, and the teams that can't have to figure – it puts the onus on their coaching staff to figure out what they do with Kessler as opposed to Auburn to figure out how are we going to deal with player X from the other team. Well, and it's funny because he's you know, he had that 17-14 game and he's been playing really well offensively and that's still without the guards for Auburn nailing down the entry pass. They're, they're mm-hmm. still struggling. Yeah. With, we're just not taking it. You know, a lot of those points came off of rebounds, came off of kind of dump-offs down low. Because uh, youth basketball coaches don't teach it anymore. Youth basketball yeah, coaches, if you're listening to this, to get your kids down on the block. All five of them can do it, and let's learn to entry pass. No, nobody's playing with their back to the goal anymore. So right, like there's no like. It, well, it's it's funny because the guy with the best entry pass right now is Jabari. Sure, because sure. he can just look over everybody around him <laughs> yeah, and, and dump it down in there. Yeah. Well, he's also yeah. the best player on the team. Well, that <laughs> nah, that's, yeah, well, <laughs> maybe maybe in the country, I don't know. Like, but, uh, <laughs> he is an absolute freak, and we can talk about Jabari because yeah. against UCF. You know, they didn't really have a lot for him either because... No, they did not. <laughs> he had 20.7 rebounds, four assists, three steals, shot a blistering 50% from three. Um, yeah, I, I just... I, I don't know. I'm just shaking my head because I just... I've never... I've never imagined we'd see anybody... That was good the game where I, w- I didn't get to watch the game and was upset <laughs> because the full highlights weren't on YouTube. Oh. And I was, like, now, how, I was like, how did you, Jabari have... 20 points and there are no highlights well, available for this. Well, it, it's it's weird with him because it's just like it's kind of a quiet 20 something points every night. Right. It's it, he cuz he's not threes, like he a couple mid-range shots. Yeah. You know, he's not like driving in the lane dunking on people every game and he's like He's just ending uh, possessions with points. <laughs> yeah, he's just like ah I, I mean it looks so easy. It's insane yeah. how easy it looks. Just waltzes his way to 20 points every night. It's crazy. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, I mean, he had twenty points in like twenty-two minutes in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it was like a minute, baby. Bruce isn't like riding him, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's he's getting twenty, twenty-five minutes a game, and just high, ultra high production. What's his per right now? Do we have any idea? Is it? Uh, I haven't checked. He's a super left. efficient player, so I'm imagining it's. Yeah, he's shooting forty-five percent from three. It's not nuts. a high volume guy. No. <laughs> um, while I'm looking, who does his shot look like? I mean, it's it's one of the most still beautiful three point shots I've seen. It looks like Kevin like Durant. A, a is, I mean, is is that it? I mean, I know we. I mean, o- only because of the 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 release points, like yeah, eight hundred feet in the air. I need um, to look at it more. But his his lower body is so still. Where yeah. You don't see that from everybody. Yeah, he keeps his lower body really really it's static. Just got the the perfect arc and because he doesn't have that Ray Allen perfect two feet right next to each other, exactly hip distance apart, knee yeah. slightly bent. Like Ray yeah. Allen is like the the video 
Um, you showed a kid. Yeah, it, yeah, if you want somebody to learn how to shoot, just watch Ray Allen shoot. That's it. Uh, okay, PER leaders for Auburn right now. Jabari Smith is a 29 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> that second on the team. Good Lord. Tearing it up right now. Dylan Cardwell, 24 point, 25.4. Well, I, I imagine Dylan's... 25.3, Katie Johnson, 23.7. Not, not also not to mention uh, a walk-on Preston Cook with a 99.3. 99, Preston <laughs> <laughs> Cook. Seven minutes played. But, Yikes. He's, just, he's drilled a three, so yeah. they've scored three points in the three minutes that he's played every night. Like, uh, yeah, Preston Cook for the year is 4-4 four of four from the field, 3-3 three of three from three. And that's two If I were him, you, you one would think, man, maybe he should play a little more. But if I were him, I'd be like, no, no, no. I'm just going to. Ryan. These numbers. <laughs> Chief and I are going to talk about something real quick to give you time to look something up. Because I know you pay for Ken Pomp. I do. What is the Ken Pomp comp for Jabari Smith? That's what I want oh, yeah, to I know that yeah. Ken Pomp gives you that information. Chief, okay. would you say. Now, you've seen. Marquise Daniels play at Auburn? I have. In Auburn Arena. You've seen, or not, uh, that was in the Beef. Beardies. Right. You've seen Chris Porter? I have. You've seen Isaac Okoro, obviously, Jumo, Kiki, Jared Harper, Sharif Cooper, oh. all these cats. KT Harrell. KT Harrell, Nick Chubb. Vought. Vought. Right. Simeon Rob, Rob Chubb, not Nick. Right, sorry, Rob Chubb. On a scale of one to ten, where is the Jabari Smith experience, and where, who is it? Who is it close to? Um, man, he's he's so much different than all those guys. Like, there's, I, I mean, I, there's nobody close. Rob um, Chubb is probably the closest. Come. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Shout out to Rob. That. I like Rob I, Jeff. I, 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 Vought didn't really. You know, Vought was a had a whole different game. Um, man, I I don't. He's he's unique. I mean, I like he's he's not a one of one as uh, um, Bill Simmons would would call a guy. Right. But he's a he's a one of one for Auburn, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. there's just there's nothing like him. He, he's is he the best good. player you've ever seen play in Auburn Arena? The best player I've ever seen play in Auburn because I haven't seen Jabari Smith play in Auburn Arena was was uh, John Morant. Yeah, I mean, John that was the best player I've ever witnessed in that arena. Really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I mean, think I don't think Anthony Davis played there. Um, uh, I, think I think he. Yeah, Auburn played at Kentucky that year. I yeah, because it was the next year. Nerlens Noel was on the team and he played there. He was pretty good too. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, not thinking about other guys that have played. I think I think Javari is man. Like he's he's just a combination. He's 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 good at defending. He's a freshman that can defend basically anybody. Yeah. Um. He's, you know, I I don't think he's Isaac Okoro good. Um. On defense. Um. But he's way more productive than Isaac is on off. Or Isaac was on offense. So. Um. Right. Do you want to go into the comps? Yep, yeah, go for it. Just give us a comp. Okay. So Ken Palm gives, I think it's like 10 comps. Uh, and we've talked about it before. It's similar position, similar age, size, numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it kind of rates it on a score of up to 1,000. So if you had a Jabari Smith clone, he would be 1,000 of 1,000. Right. Next best comp, uh, Quincy Miller, uh, 2012 season. Does that recall that at all? I do not. He was um, at Baylor in 2012. I don't recall that guy. Um, 20, 2012 was a dark time for Auburn yeah, basketball. So. Yeah. The next highest comp is uh, Bruce Pearl's own Tobias Harris, 2011. Oh, yeah. Game. Okay. Um, I'll go through I'll go through all the guys in this okay. list just really quick. Um, and, it, by the way, it does say guys that played in the NBA versus guys that didn't. Uh, only two of them aren't NBA players. Uh Quincy Miller, Tobias Harris, Harrison Barnes in 2011, Kevin Knox in 2018, Dean Wade, not Dwayne Wade, in 2016, Brandon Ingram in 2016, Dedrick Lawson in 2016, Terrence Jones in 2011, Christian Wofford in 10, Jason Tatum in 2017. 
Man, Brandon Ingram's a good comp. Brandon Ingram's yeah. a really good comp. I like him a lot too. He didn't ever say, he didn't uh, pan out like everybody thought he was going to be. Everybody thought he was the next KD, but he's made a lot of money so, in the NBA. So Curry Jabari is uh, has a higher defensive rebounding percent than anybody on this list at twenty six percent. It's an insane number. Uh, small sample size, but he's got a higher three point percentage than anybody in this list at forty four percent. Brandon Ingram was the next highest at four hundred and ten percent. Or sorry, forty one percent. Um, just trying to find some other comparable numbers here. Um, that the thing that just stands out to me about Jabari is how effortless everything seems. Um, and I, I also like his exuberance. He, he like just he, you can tell he just loves every second of it. And um, but but every like he's just calm. He's he never seems like he's in a hurry. He never seems like he's under duress at all ever um that that's that's the thing that stands out to me and and honestly you know i think there's probably more than a few people that watch auburn basketball games if you're not looking at the stats and you just think oh this guy like i mean what's he doing like he's just you know he's just out there he's not you know it's not because he's not driving a hole and like every time down the floor he's not hogging the ball he's not he's not it's not like Marquise, who Marquise was the like only dude that like he had, I I I don't know what Marquise's usage was, but it had to be insanely high. Um, and Jabari and, with the highest assist rate of all these comps, by the way, at seventeen percent. Yeah, Jabari's like he's. I mean, he's has a, I think at least four or five assists in every game or something yeah. crazy like that. Just looking at um, the SEC it, players, also the highest steal rate on all these guys in the list too, three point six percent. Jabari is currently. So you're telling me he's better than all those guys. Yeah, he's better than all those dudes. Without having played conference play yet, yeah. Yeah. Currently, out of all SEC players, Jabari has the third highest PER in the conference, behind Oscar. Mm, man, <laughs> I'm not going to try that one. I'm not going to try it. Kentucky center, who I can't remember how he says his name, Tishabui. That's not right. Tari Eason, LSU is number two, and then Jabari at three. He is far and away first in offensive box plus minus. He's an offensive box plus minus over eight, and nobody else does. Um, but his PER yeah. is 29.5. Shout out, though, Walker Kessler is ninth, and Katie Johnson is 14th. So Auburn has three players in the top 15 of all conference players uh, in PER. Sounds pretty Against good. Against a decent schedule so far, too. All, all I mean, tournament teams. Auburn hasn't played. Yeah, I mean Auburn hasn't played a you know, top ten team necessarily, but we haven't played many bad teams either. Mm-hmm. You know, there's four or five tournament teams already on the schedule. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about Jabari's high school game. I, I don't know. Was he embarrassing a lot of guys by driving in the lane and dunking on people all the time and stuff? I okay. mean, his highlight tape I, looked like. I, I have to imagine his highlight tape in high school looked like. Him playing against Yale, the Yale game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those poor guys. And then, and are we are we getting into Yale now? Yeah, let's get into Yale. Auburn, I mean, Auburn yeah. won uh, three of the four factors. Second. Auburn, and that's Yale's a tournament team. Yeah. What yeah, is this? Yale's a tournament team. Well, we we played a guy that started in the 1984 hit Miami Vice. <laughs> Who did we play? Tubbs. Was he on the? Was he the coach? Are you no, referencing James, that was Jones? James Jones? No, I'm not. <laughs> Philip Michael Thomas, aka Sonny Tubbs, I think Sonny, uh, from Miami Vice, was on this team. Was Number there, five, a, Swain. There was a player that looked just like Tubbs from Miami Vice. Just, just like Sorry, him. I didn't follow along this joke. No. <laughs> we um. No, Ryan had no idea. Ryan, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm just sitting here listening. Right He's now. thinking about the the uh, Colin Farrell Miami Vice movie. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't been very good. I haven't seen that one either. Jamie uh, Fox, not Colin worth Farrell. it. Not Jamie Fox is Tubbs in that one. Uh, Auburn won against Yale. Auburn won in the four factors. Had a higher effective field goal percentage, <laughs> a bit higher, with a 52 percent <laughs> to Yale's 39 percent. Yikes! Uh, lost the 
free throw attempted per every free throw field goal attempted battle with only 0.17 of the uh, free field goals they attempted equaling a free throw just, attempted. Just call it free throw rate. Call it free throw rate. Yeah, I don't That's a better name for it, but it's not really a good oh. an explanation of a name. But I like free throw. Like, like, you could say free throw rate. Like, what does that mean? Like, how many free throws am I shooting? No, it's for every field goal you attempt, how many free throws did you attempt? Free throw ratio would be a better. Sure. Turnover rate. Auburn won that one. Auburn turned over 9% of its possessions. Yale turned it over 16% of its possessions, which was better. They did better against Auburn's defense in that respect than UCF did because that UCF couldn't get out of their own way. Um, Offense rebound percentage, Auburn won 32% to 29%. Um, Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty unbelievable game from the shot blocking perspective, though. <laughs> Ten blocks by Auburn centers alone. Fourteen blocks for the Tigers as a team. And Walker Kessler only played about ten minutes. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. Yeah, eight minutes. Any update on Walker Kessler? Because he left the game. Uh, so he warmed up in the second half and didn't play. Um, I think they were just. Uh, uh, what, what do you say? Uh, an abundance of caution. Yeah, it sounds like it was an injury he had picked up already that he was kind of nursing, and then it just got aggravated. He got uh, hacked pretty much after a yeah. rebound and went to the floor hard and uh, struggled. Yeah. I'm a Took bit, a minute to get back up. I'm always a bit wary about leg injuries and foot injuries with seven-footers. I mean, they're just easy to happen. It just happens, and it's the thing that keeps them off the floor. Like that, yeah. that is the career killer for seven-footers, just foot problems and leg problems. See one yeah. Chris Stapps Porzingis from Dallas Mavericks who cannot, cannot stay healthy. Greg Oden and Austin Wilde both, right? Yeah. yeah. Bill Walton. But you get yeah. those leg and those leg and uh, and foot injuries. Even Shaq to some extent missed a ton of time with foot Bowie, foot injuries. <laughs> Chief just, just didn't Yeah, he didn't mute. Sorry, he just no. yelled at his talks in the microphone. Yeah, he yelled Bowen Barkley, so it it was all in contact. Yeah, Auburn kind Chief has Auburn sorry. Tourette's, sorry to is what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> My mute button's not working. That's great. Cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was early and often for the Auburn shot blocking. I mean, I think it was of uh, Yale's first 11 shots from the field, Auburn blocked six of them. Like, it was just Whoa. comical. Every time coming down, it was it was not good. Um uh, Kessler had two of them in the first 90 seconds or something like that. Um, and it didn't get better. I mean, they, 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 Yale started to take some outside shots. They weren't really making them, but they were trying at least. Um, and able to avoid some of the blocks in the second half. But then Auburn brought in Stretch and got his first extended run of the year and you know, picked up three blocks in 15 minutes or something like that. Um, he played fantastic defense, and I want to make sure we, we talk about him. He hasn't really played. I think he had three minutes going into this game for the whole season, and he was ready. I mean, he, he is what he is on the offensive end. You're not playing him because of that. Um, but he's still an elite defender down low. He really is. Like, and he Auburn is, needs uh... to go to him. Uh, I, I think Auburn should have gone to him like in the UConn game against Sonogo. Right. He would have been right there. Um, and if Kessler's injury lingers a little bit, you know, maybe he comes back on his minutes. Stretch may play some more there. Um, and even against the guy, if we play against Kentucky, because as you mentioned, their center is tearing the league up. Um, it might be one of those things where Stretch comes in just to give some fouls. Like we, yeah. he's he's a he's, there. he's a big body who plays elite def- defense. And you just at least make the guy think twice about just turning over both shoulders and going to the basket. Yeah. He almost hit a three in this one as well. He, Stretch? His only two shots were the two threes that he attempted. One of it them is. was after a massive block on the defensive end. The ball goes flying. Stretch takes a minute to get back up. Um, and the offense had just set. Stretch comes in at the, the top of the arc 
and just steps right into a three, and it was, it was so close. Stepping three. I'm, I, I'm so sorry, but your shot is so bad. On a scale of <laughs> one to Anthony Macklemore, how unnatural is it? <laughs> it is the most one of the most unnatural looks I've ever seen. It's it's Horace's shot. I mean, oh, great. Uh, it is not as. Horses it's shot a horse's better. shot it's before horse. he spent an entire offseason working on it. Okay, well, all right. <laughs> uh, can we, well, now that you bring it up, can we talk about how Walker Kessler is not shooting better from three than uh, Horace Spencer? <laughs> hey, Walker we'll made have. a couple already. That's <laughs> true. Uh, and, uh, He's his shot off. actually looks good. It's just uh, they all like kind of get there, but not really. Um, Dylan Cardwell, I mean, we, like you said, like, we had a, a kind of a center by committee, yep. but he, I mean, Carl came in 10, six, three, like that's a good game. Three blocks, two assists. Yeah, he had a great game. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think eight of those points were within a two minute stretch early in the second half. That's well, a high energy guy for you. Uh, yeah. Buddy. Yeah. Yes. A couple dump was, offs to him. He's on fire in this game. I think him yeah, and King see. Johnson are just like trying to figure out who can bring the most energy <laughs> to the team. It really does competition of some sort. Uh, I, like, uh, which, we should start taking over. bets. We need, a, we need like a prop bet for which one of them gets teed up for uh, going well, insane after they do something cool. Just this screaming. is what I wanted to say. We, uh, we thought it might be Cardwell or Katie Johnson, you know, getting a little too excited at times. Yeah. It's Jabari Smith. Yeah, Jabari, Jabari has <laughs> gotten teed up already. Three, three times this year. He has three oh, times. He get, he get wait, teed two, up? Or, two or three. He get, did he actually get teed up in in, in the yell game? Uh, no, okay, no, he didn't. But he got he a got a warning. very strict warning. Yeah, yeah. There, there's actually a highlight that I missed in the uh, arena where he dunks on a guy just opposite of where we usually sit, Chief. Mm. And uh, court side, they he say is court letting side. this poor Yale kid have it. He's letting this poor kid have it. <laughs> he looks at the ref. Puts his hand over his mouth and walks away. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. At home. He knew. He knew. <laughs> uh, he he talks mad trash. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he got a tech. He got offsetting techs in the UCF game and had one in Atlantis against Syracuse. Yeah. So. Did we know before this weekend that he was Kwame Brown's cousin? I did not know that. He is Kwame Brown's cousin. I, think I saw that on Wikipedia last week. But I don't think I mentioned. Didn't his dad play in the NBA? Yeah, his dad, Jabari yeah. Smith, senior, uh, played played at LSU, played in the league for a couple of years. And so he has his father who played in the NBA, and then his cousin was a number one overall pick, Kwame Brown. Uh, yeah, that's about as the best you can say about. Him. And and like <laughs> the king of the post NBA career, no one knows what you're doing. Then all of a sudden, you get on Instagram and just start bringing smoke to people who have criticized you. <laughs> That, but wasn't he? Have you uh, have you seen those videos, like, Chief? No, I have not, bro. Okay, you gotta watch. Coming Brown answers critics. Some some player, um, Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes have a podcast called like yeah. the Smoke Podcast, something like that. It's a good podcast, but they kept referencing him as a bust, uh-huh. biggest bust in NBA history. Blah blah blah. And he just like goes on Instagram Live and just starts roasting these dudes <laughs> in a way that's like okay if they ever saw each other grandma's gonna beat them like just gonna <laughs> just gonna whip them like they're his kids not like a we're gonna fight but like i'm gonna fight you so i'm gonna beat you so badly people will think that something's he, going he on he is he is one of the reasons that they we have the one and done rule right basically uh he was michael jordan's first huge uh, mistake because uh, right, because that was the Wizards. Yeah, they drafted him first overall for the Wizards out of high school in Brent, in uh, Brunswick, Georgia. And he um, he just didn't he couldn't catch. Well, a lot well of people enough. think Michael Jordan like ruined him. Well, and yeah, Michael Jordan got. All, but what turned out was that Michael Jordan apparently has turned him into the angriest man in the world. <laughs> and according to these videos. Kwame learned a lot from Mike when it comes to just <laughs> belittling other people. <laughs> and uh, that it's, I recommend anybody watching these things. They are hilarious. And uh, him answering his critics, because his, his comment is, 
I was not a bust. Nobody who makes it to the NBA is a bust. I bought my mom a house. He, on a, he still played for 12 seasons. He played for 12 NBA. years in the yeah. NBA. He said, I bought my mom a house on a golf course when I was 17 years old. I'm not a failure. <laughs> yeah. He's like, look. True. And, he, and he's right. And you know what he did? He bought a bunch of land in South Georgia somewhere. Yeah. And when he left the league, he moved on to his property and doesn't leave. Like he that's is, what I would do. he's as country that, that, as it gets. That sounds like the great, the dream right yeah. there, living the dream. So, uh, to bring it back to Auburn, he's uh, Jabari Smith's has, cousin. Yeah, he's Jabari Smith's cousin. Jabari's, you know, got that kind of ear that he can, he can, uh, you know, talk to uh, a guy that can give him advice. Um, his dad also NBA player, so. Uh, thought about to talk some bullshit. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, one would think uh, Jabari may have played some pickup games with his cousin, and I'm sure there is some some mad trash talk going on there. So, um, but I mean, it obviously, you know, it, it seems it like it comes from a good place. Like, I mean, if you've ever played, oh, yeah, pickup anywhere that's not. You know, church league. Actually, church league can be as bad as any any place with trash talk. Yes. Uh, uh, it you know, it's just a part of the game, and it, you know, I I know people don't like it, and and it can get out of hand, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you can back it up, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> this team seems to be able to do it in a way that it never feels like they're about to get in a fight or anything. And, and you see that sometimes where games kind of just get chippy and out of hand. And, uh, I don't know. KD like and, uh, and, yeah. and Philip Michael Thomas almost got into it. Uh, there, there was a there was a, a, a fracas uh, that had to be yeah, separated. Yeah. Was, was, was that the kid that was complaining uh, a lot about a foul and, and almost got teed up himself, the Yale player? Uh, I don't uh, Maybe. Can't remember. Is it number five is who KD. Yeah, I, th- I think that was him. Um, Swain. Yeah. But we we also got a shout out uh, Devin Cambridge again. We talked about him earlier, but he had a double double in this game, second yep. of his career, ten and ten. Uh, did you hear his quote after the game? They're talking to him. Uh, I think it was when he was talking to Andy, and he said, "Yeah, I, I've been trying to get some more rebounds. It's something." Uh, He's been working on the offseason, but he had to get Walker out of the game first to be able to pick him up. <laughs> that was a strategy today was to get Walker out of the play. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I, I thought Devin had a really good game um, yeah. without even looking at the stats. I mean, I knew, obviously I knew he scored uh, 10 points, but he – he, uh, I mean, he was good. He's Like Crow said, he's, he's great at defending. And, and honestly, that yell team is like the exact – we're just a complete nightmare for them because we are way taller than they are. Um, and, um, I mean, just, about, I mean, they, they only had, I think 13 minutes of anybody taller than six, six playing in this game. Yeah. It's, that's a, there's no that's, way you're going to, that's bad that. news when you're playing, playing this Auburn team. Um, yeah. uh, despite our, you know, uh, guards being pretty short other than Devin, Oh, um, I did want to. I did want to talk about this because I, I heard Br- Bruce talking about this after the UCF game. He actually referred to us as playing four guards rather than than, than just the three, which we had talked about before. Um, I mean, and that's I don't know. I, anybody that's watched this team, it kind of seems pretty obvious that like we only have one guy inside, and and everybody else is kind of out around the perimeter, but. Um, and, and one of those guards is Jabari Smith, who is six ten, um, or not Jaylen. just him. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Williams, Williams yeah. who's six seven, right? Uh, uh, six nine, I believe. Six nine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, and then you have Devin, who's also really tall. Um, yeah. uh, and, you know, none of the, Leor's not short himself. Leor's probably six yeah, five, six four, six four, six five. So we, we've seen that uh, you're talking about the four guard look, but even they, they've taken Cambridge and Moore off the court some and played uh, like some combination of Wendell, Zepp, KD, or Leor 
So they played three of those guys together in almost every game going back to the, to Atlantis. Uh, and it's, it's a different look. They, they've got those three guys out there and usually one of whoever's on the court with them, Jabari or Jalen is the other guy bringing it up court with whoever's playing point guard. Yeah. Um, so you've got those two other guards already down in position uh, to take threes. I, what is like what, what's Bruce trying to do here? I mean, it's it's not a strategy. I think we'll see much, especially once Plan gets back. Um, Maybe it's also not something we've really done in previous years because Auburn, Auburn the last couple of years especially has been short on guard depth, so that they couldn't even try this. So right, uh, it, it's a new look. Well, we, we've got guard depth, and we've got guards who can shoot, and we've got a guy in Jabari that can play an effective big man position even though he's also the best at the wing. But this just creates matchups. This is, it's like when the Warriors, the Warriors used to do this all the time and put Draymond at the center and just run four guards with Draymond. Um, and it was, they called it the death lineup because they couldn't do it for a long period of time. But when they would run it, teams just couldn't defend it because you, you had four shooters on the court. Uh, at the same time, and then a guy who could still effectively get rebounds, um, and then on defense, guard the the basket. So like, Bruce is able to put three or four shooters on the court without having to sacrifice rim protection because Jabari's more than capable of blocking shots. It's just a it's a look that he's he's given teams in the future too. Like, if a team wants to go small against Auburn, which teams will go real small against Auburn to get Walker Kessler off the floor. Mm-hmm. So they look, we, we got to get him off the court, so we're just going to play a bunch of guards. Bruce is saying, we can do that too. Yeah, we got four. And we'll still, if one flank comes back, we'll still have four. And we'll still so. have four. And we'll put Jabari at the five, and that'll be it. Like, it'll be, and Jalen can play one if he has to. Like, he's, <laughs> he's a guard, to be honest. Like, he's as effective at bringing the ball off the court as anybody else. So, yeah, yeah. It's he is preparing, I believe, for the eventuality of a team trying to go small against Auburn to exploit a matchup that's not even there. Yeah, I think I I, I think it's a I mean it's good practice because you never know what you're going to run up against in the in the tournament, and it's working. So might as well just keep doing it uh, as much as we can. Um, I, I, Jabari Jabari is a uh, cheat code. I mean, that's that's all there really is to it. He makes it really hard to uh, live tweet the games because I can only say that so many times without it getting <laughs> yeah. boring. So I got I got to think up some more things to describe. <laughs> all he is, I mean, it's just an accurate thing. All right, let's take a quick break. Come back and we'll break down the corn huskers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back, 52 minutes, 23 seconds into this podcast. If you're still listening, congratulations to you, because you're going to hear the best breakdown of the Nebraska Cornhuskers you have heard today. Auburn plays Nebraska on Saturday, which is interesting because uh, I thought the Big 12 SEC Challenge wasn't for a couple more weeks. Good. Yeah, playing a Big Ten team, bro. It's usually around here. Right? <laughs> I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying, Ryan, but they'll always this, be the Big in, 12 to me. Is this in Lincoln? Sorry. This is not in Lincoln. This is here. Atlanta. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I can't I can't <laughs> go to it because uh, I have a prior engagement. So That's too bad. Yeah, this is part of the holiday of giving event. There's four games at State Farm Arena that, on that Saturday. Um, I know there's – LSU's playing Clemson, I believe. Georgia Tech's playing Ole Miss. I forgot what the other matchup is. Um, but Auburn gets the early slots 
playing bright and early some uh, some breakfast basketball at 10:30 a.m. Central Time. Hmm. Um, doing this this uh, research on Nebraska, it's interesting because their results have, have been awful this year. They're uh, five and four against a really bad schedule. They're 293rd strength uh, of schedule in the country this year. Um, and their best win is only against number 216, Sam Houston State. Um, so this is not a tournament team. Is that what you're not saying? Not a tournament team, but but their Ken Palm rating is 102nd. So their, their, their stats aren't necessarily the worst. Uh, they're just – their results have been not great at all. So, sounds like their football team. Yeah. Yes. Is this That's Nebraska's exactly like thing now? Yeah. <laughs> their uh, They – it's interesting because they have like I said, been decent and with most of their stats uh, except for rebounding. They are one of the worst rebounding teams in the country. And not because they're short, uh, I'm not entirely sure what the problem is, but they're uh, 243rd in offensive rebounding, 298 in defensive rebounding. Um, they're, so they're allowing opposing offenses to, to rebound at about 33% of the time. Auburn's also rebounding at 33% on offense. But remember what I said, their schedule is 293rd in the country, so they're making that schedule look like Auburn every game. Should be wow. uh, something we could take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, so they are um, – they don't rebound well. Yikes. And <laughs> not good news for them. But they, and they don't – I'll say it so Ryan doesn't have to. They don't mm. shoot well from three. I mean, uh, the the number I saw is so bad that I don't even think Ryan could uh, could jinx this uh, particular. But they're shooting an okay clip from two. Not incredible. Last I checked, though, it's, three it's, is greater than two. In in most cases. In most in cases, most but cases, if you shoot, be. if you shoot what they're shooting from two, <laughs> yeah. you don't okay. really have to. All right, so we we've yeah. talked about it. It's uh, if you shoot. One and a half times better from two. It's the same as three, right? Oh, the right. same rate. Basically. Exactly. It's 50% Where are they more. finding these They're... guys that are so good at uh, shooting uh, mid-range shots? I they, are, they, are, they are shooting 27% from three and 55% from two. Uh, they're you know, more than double better at two. Uh, they should to- shoot only two. They, they should, but they're you know about middle of the road of the country as far as how many threes they shoot. So uh, hopefully we can make them keep doing that. Were they previously good at threes and they're just in a funk? Like what? I'm uh, not totally sure. I haven't looked at their numbers. No. I it's, imagine it's a bunch of dudes important. in like Converse All Star shooting like two foot sets, like two foot <laughs> down set shots. Uh, a lot of floaters. No, in the no, lane. Uh, Nebraska last year. Uh, oh man, it's even worse last year. Uh, Better from three. They were 33% from three last year and only 47 from two. But that was good for 253rd overall uh, effective field goal percentage. They've got a couple of decent players, though. Like this, this kid, Verge, Alonzo Verge, you'll be hearing about him a ton because he will have the ball the whole game. Was he 98% usage? He's a 32% usage. 32. Oh, he's a, it's a Marquis Daniels. That is Marquis a lot. Daniels. 32% is a lot. A just, lot of that is from his assist rate, though. He's sixth in the country in assist rate. Uh, so he's dishing the ball a lot. Um, doesn't really shoot any threes. He's mostly, when he's shooting the ball, he's going to the rim, like I said. Um, because he's a big guard. Three, he's got, he's got yeah, good size for a point guard. Man, I'd love to have a 6'3 point guard. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with our guards right now. Oh, they're yeah. fine. Just, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd give him a few inches. I'm going to tell Katie Johnson you said he was fine. I don't know. Katie <laughs> Johnson's great. Uh, I, he's not a point guard. I mean, Katie Johnson's already the starting point guard on the Chief All-Stars, which is like Katie Johnson, Malik at the two, <laughs> Horace at the five. We're still working for a three and a four there. 
Rob no, Chubb at the four. Chubb at the five. Yeah. No, I'll take horse at the five. <laughs> Simeon Bowers at, yeah. the, at the two. Sam. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's pretty solid as a point guard. Um, he's going to dish the ball pretty well. And this team is – what they do well in offense is keep those turnovers down. They're really good at taking care of the ball, and they play fast, um, which I think is an interesting mix for how Auburn's going to defend. Yeah, They're ninth in the country in offensive tempo. So they're, they're going to play fast, and they're good at – not turning the ball over, I wonder what that means for Auburn's press. Should we yeah. double down on it? Do we do we pull back on it? Yeah, Auburn has to be who, who it is. I think doesn't have to worry about Nebraska. Just press. I'm interested yep. in Bryce McGowan's because he's a top 25 recruit, um, plays a lot, scores a lot, uh, and just see he's six foot seven kids. So I wonder if I mean I bet him and Jabari will be matched up. Most of the games, so well, I'm excited to see that happen. He actually plays more like between the two and the three, um, and and less power forward. So he's he's kind of a, he's a wing, um, and he gets to the free throw line a lot, which is where a lot of his scoring comes from. Uh, he's going to put a lot of pressure on Auburn to because Auburn's going to try and block those shots at the rim. Um, going to put a lot of pressure on the Auburn front court to not foul. All right, let's move on along to football. We end the show with football. Um, yeah, we got to hire an offensive coordinator. They fired Bobo for not running the ball. And uh, we got three options. Maybe by the time you hear this podcast, a hire will be made. Yeah, it seemed like uh, the favorite coming out of the weekend was going to be Zach Hill, OC at Arizona State. He was Harson's OC the last couple of years at uh, Boise. Um, runs, you know, we worked for Herm Edwards, obviously, so it's kind of an NFL-esque offense with a lot of creative running. I mean, what we talked about from Harson's offense at Boise is, is what he's doing at Arizona State. So that's one of his guys. Uh, but there might be some compliance issues there. Uh, Arizona State's getting looked at by the NCAA for some recruiting violations, which I think mainly just come down to they had guys on campus during COVID. So, right. Um, if it's not him, it seems like the other two big names going around right now are Jeff Grimes, former Auburn offensive line coach, currently at Baylor, uh, and then Del McGee, former Auburn running back running back coach at Georgia. Um, Dell would be the best recruiting option. He's one of the best recruiters in the country. Uh, we've been wanting to get him out of Georgia for a while, I think. Uh, but he's still a position coach, so maybe a, a chance to be the coordinator uh, gets him back home. He's my least exciting on-field option. Sure. Because I don't yeah. want anything to do with what Georgia's been trotting out there on offense recently. Like nothing to do with it. But their running backs have been awesome. Well, here's here's the yeah. deal. And, and hey, let's let Harson do the offense. We got to go back to the Gus era of who's calling the plays. No, Harson can't call the plays. He's already said that he's not going to call plays. I I I just wonder about Dell McGee uh, because to this point, I don't. He has not had a position where he could show that he has some sort of overarching offense philosophy. Um, so. You know, I don't know. We don't know anything about that's it. That's true. He might hate the Georgia offense. He might sure. be more well, of an that's, guy. That's true. I'm just saying. You had to watch it as much as he does. I'm sure he hates it. <laughs> he, hates he, has, it. <laughs> he has no experience. I don't think he's the one playing Stetson Bennett every week. That's what I want to know. If he has anything to do with that call, I don't want him because he came out <laughs> to figure out. That... I don't think he has any experience calling plays. and uh, I, This job's just too big for that to be his first time to do that, in my opinion. Um I like the idea of him recruiting. I like the yeah, idea yeah. of Jeff Grimes coming in recruiting. Former player, it'd be great to have him back home and and not in Georgia more than anything else. But I'm not uh, gonna complain about it. But it's just not gonna be. It wouldn't. It's not like I'm not as excited about it as everybody else seems to be. The 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 Zach Hill thing. Um, they didn't exactly tear it up. Um, with 
having more talent than everybody else in their conference together uh, back at Boise, but it's somebody he knows, somebody he trusts. Uh, at this point, I just we might as well just sink or swim with whatever Harson wants to do, and I'd rather have somebody on the same page with him. So let's well, just if that's the guy he wants to hire, let's do it. Uh, but as as it seems to be, there's some uh, compliance issues just because uh, there's a little bit of NCAA trouble in, in Arizona State, and we're sorting through that at the moment, trying to decide. There should be. Arizona State, not speaking ill of their program, Arizona State is a program that should be violating NCAA guidelines. Any <laughs> chance they get. Yeah. Yeah. And um, has been recently. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they got caught doing it. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, who who knew Herm Edwards would be a weird hire? Uh, who could have predicted? Um, he has been weird, yeah. not like bad, but just like unpredictable. No one could have yeah. thought he would have been as good. His first year, he was they almost won the Pac-12, <laughs> and then yeah, it was okay. Since then, yeah. Um, but I mean, Jeff Grimes is the one that excites me just because I I just remember 2010. I remember how good our offensive line has been, and we have flat out struggled there ever since he's been gone. It's just been an area where uh, we've had some success from time to time, but nothing consistent. And um, I'd love to have somebody that, that knows how to bring that back to us. Um, Would you take hiring – and I'm not saying he's – was bad as offensive Baylor. Obviously, they won the, the Big 12 this year. But uh, would you take Jeff Grimes if it meant Auburn was going to have a bad offense next year, but he was going to sign six blue-chip offensive linemen? 1,000% uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Because I don't think we're going to be any good next year anyway, just uh, unless something changes, unless we get a bunch of dudes out of the portal miraculously uh to play on that offensive line and that's so, a good segue to what's going to happen next week recruiting expert yeah, well, au nerd will be on right. next week for a full right. breakdown bring our guy on recruit yeah, well, uh, early signing day i believe is the middle of next week yeah, we'll great. bring him on monday kind of give us a little preview uh the one thing i think interesting tidbit from today after the coaching carousel the last has been insane I don't know if you get into all that, but with Cristobal going to or, or going to Miami from Oregon, Our beloved Hurricanes, Darius Clemens, uh, big time wide receiver out of Oregon, six four guy with sub four four forty, a lot of force. Uh, he was between Auburn and Oregon, committed to Oregon previously, but trying uh, to Cristobal gone might come back to us. I'm trying to figure out how he's a, just a four star, just just based on the size and speed. Uh, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess uh, playing Oregon high school football doesn't help. And, uh, and Alabama didn't offer him? Well, because they're going to offer four five-stars. It's fine. Yeah. Well, they could have offered him, too. And then he would have been a five-star, right? No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, hopefully that happens. That would be great. That would. Uh, I'm sure some other people would still just – make some grumbling excuses about how bad our uh, recruiting class is, but uh, we'll see. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a nerd on to talk, maybe try to talk some people off the edge of talking about how bad our recruiting class is. Cause guess what? It ain't over yet. And um, there's a lot of, a lot of people in the portal right now. So hopefully we can uh, uh, take advantage of that as well. All right. We will see you all next week. Have a oh, worry, good weekend. <laughs>